to Business Can Be Better. This is the podcast that helps businesses become even better businesses. I'm one of the co-hosts, Lane Anderson. I own a marketing company called London Road Media. And I'm Kelly Ray Tamaki, founder and owner of TMH Business Coaching and Consulting. Live, live for episode. What are we at? We're at episode 24, 24 of uh, the better business. Uh, business can be better. I always say the better business podcast because that's what our website is. I feel like you're always better shocked. Podcast. Like we're still doing this. I didn't think it would last. I just, it's <laughs> like it just mean. keeps going. Yeah, it's good. Well, because we have so many viewers, we can't disappoint them. I know, but it's just like it doesn't feel like you've been doing it for that long. Yeah, and it's like. You just keep going, and eventually you get to 100 episodes oh, without yeah. even trying. You're just there. Have you read The Slight Edge? No. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. It's kind of boring. So we're live and back at Kelly Ray's office. Uh, we're going to do something about the background. Yeah. It's a little boring. What do we do back there? But we are here for episode 24 to yes. talk about haters Handling and haters, nixing negativity. Handling haters, nixing negativity. That's a Kelly Ray title. Yes. Hey. I like it. I just, okay, that was good. a compliment. <laughs> yeah. So I've been like, before you ask me what's new, I'm just going to tell you, but it okay. has to do with the topic. Yeah. Um, and then I'll remember to ask you this time, I promise. Um, so with more like reach, more speaking, this new coach I'm working with has got me uh, doing a lot more. It's getting me sort of like in the, in the viewed more in like a lot of different ways so i'm getting more, more public feedback. presence yeah so i'm getting more feedback in all sorts of different ways yeah. and uh i'm just i know those closest to me know this and i've known this forever but i'm super sensitive so i wanted to when i initially texted you i'm like lane how do i handle this like i'm right. too sensitive but then i started kind of thinking about all the tools that that i uh have been taught over the years and i just need to I want to share those and get some people's ideas too and really hear yours because okay. I can't even handle the unsubscribe, like on the active campaign home screen. <laughs> Someone I can see on the right if somebody unsubscribes and I'm like, don't look, don't look who it is. Who was it? Yeah. Yeah. So what's new with you? <laughs> what's new? Uh, this week has been not productive at all, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Yesterday was a meeting that turned into just watching a movie in an office with people I was meeting with. And well, that sounds fun. Today was also... Just a late start, and then ended up going for a beer lunch, and so this just hasn't been a productive and week yet. And a wine AGM. And a wine AGM. So Lane's drunk, so I'll just and, do this podcast. But no scotch on tonight's podcast, so sorry. We slowed her down. I got down. the lights. You got lights. Got we got new chairs. lights. We don't have our normal microphones yet, so we need a little adapter. But um, so I'm not sure the audio will probably sound a little bit different in this episode. Does it sound good enough though? Can you It'll a... sound good. It'll come through loud and clear, okay. but it might sound a little thinner, a little hollower or echoey or something. It'll sound a little bit different. Hopefully, it sounds good. Okay. Um, but next go around, we'll have our proper mics and we'll get them up here in front of our face and yes. should be good. But we can also see the camera better because we're not just looking straight into a light. We have them to our corners and now we can actually look at the people and the say people. hi to them. The hi, Jocelyn. <laughs> we love you. Yeah. Okay. So, so handling haters, nixing negativity. I, I, yeah, I have so much to say on Please this. start. Like, really? Please, yeah. Okay. Just lead us into this well, conversation. I think... There's like a really important distinction you have to make right off the bat about what kind of haters we're talking about. Because we're just talking about meanies. We're just talking about people who are just jerks <laughs> and are mean and rude. I don't think there's a lot to talk about. It's just like it's more of a reflection of them than it is on you. And 
I just, I don't know how you say, how you actually just stop caring about it, but honestly, it just, it doesn't matter. Like, this is so perfect. I'm so glad we don't share our notes before. <laughs> yeah. Because you're going to talk all about like handling legitimate customer complaints, I'm guessing. Right. And I'm going to talk about the, the jerks. Okay, well. Because I'm kay. like, I need to handle Perfect. Because to me, if you want to do that angle first, talking about the meanies, the other would be people who just disagree. Like if you're going to stand for your values, and I have examples that we'll show or talk about later, but when you show your values, you know, people who disagree with you, whether it's like politically or about, um, about like green issues or about social issues, whatever it is, you're going to have people with, have a different stance and that's fine. <laughs> I just remember the guy on LinkedIn. Oh, no liberals. That's how, that's how I choose. No liberals. Yeah. Oh, I had dear. a comment on my video that his way of deciding who he adds on LinkedIn is no liberals. And then he put an emoji with rolling eyes. <laughs> that was my response. So that's different. how I deal with We're the haters. So I'm just like roll eye emoji. I would be like, mom, what did so, you do to deserve this? That's true. Like, that's the ones I'm interested in about is people okay. is like having a brand persona that's strong enough that you actually gain detractors and people who don't agree with you. That's a different thing. But if you want to talk about the meanies, to me, it's just they're jerks and it's truly a reflection on them more than it is of you. Like whenever I see people upset and yelling at a cashier in a grocery store, I'm just like, I feel sad for you. Yeah. Because you must have something going on in your life that's making you this miserable. And I... I've never, maybe not never, but it's been a long time since I've ever taken that kind of haters personally. I'm just like, sorry, hope your life gets better. See you later. <laughs> and that's it. I don't know how to help someone else internalize that, though. Because I understand it's not as easy as just like, well, stop caring about them. Yeah, there's a, I think there's a lot of unaware people in the world who, um, yeah, like you said, it's their problem. But if it's aimed at me, I still, like, I'm always, I think because I've had such an attitude of self-improvement for mm -hmm. so long that I'm constantly like, what can I do better? Which erodes my self-esteem sometimes if I take it too far. Because if I'm listening to everybody and some people are just unhappy with their lives and they're giving me feedback that's just mean or, like, super harsh, mm -hmm. including that feedback in my, like, life is is hurting me, not helping me. Right. So I'm trying to find that sort of line like I really have to remind myself who matters sometimes you know yeah like you have to choose that group of people that matters and then even them you have to take their feedback with a grain of salt right because if I took like I was thinking about you with the video stuff mm -hmm. and I was thinking of a list of people whose opinions really matter to me yeah. a lot of them would have different opinions sure so then how do I you know so I've been actually working with this on my mentor lately and she's like just basically like you just gotta strut around and be like yeah I did that yeah, this is who I am, and just own it. And uh, so I'm trying that. It's okay. a little bit of fake it till you make it. But I think for me, the easiest way is just like focusing on something else. Like, yeah. like if I could spend two minutes worrying about what this guy on LinkedIn said to me, or I could spend two minutes helping a client like make their staff happier, or, yeah. like make more money, or like just be happier, I would way rather do that. Yeah. And you can only really do one thing at a time, right? So. Oh, I'm reading Essentialism. I just had it on the table over there. All about that. Like, what is the most meaningful thing you could be putting your energy into right now? Because it's not mm -hmm. going to be worrying about the LinkedIn comment. No. Not at all. No. So, yeah, I don't... So, so how do you get over the hump of that impacted my day and internalizing that? Because I don't know... That was, it's been years since I internalized that and just stopped caring about... Or not... It's not that you even stop caring. It's just that you stop taking it as a personal attack 
even though someone is personally attacking you because you know you can see beyond the surface of what they're saying and you know that there's something else going on inside them or it's, it has nothing to do with what they're saying. It's something inside of them that's being expressed in that way. So I don't know. Yeah, I kind of wrote down like pity them, like feel yeah, bad for empathy. them. Yeah, empathy. Because they, uh, like you said, they're obviously unhappy if they have to the pick on other people. But mm -hmm. I also try to see them as kids because I have a little friend from Big Brothers Big Sisters and when she tells me about other kids being mean, I try to be like, well, you know what? They might be having a hard time at home. Maybe yeah. somebody's being mean to them. So, like, it kind of helps me if someone's being a jerk to picture them as, like, an angry little kid having a tantrum. That's great. Guy on LinkedIn, that's you, by the way. <laughs> um, and then also, I just, like, really partially unfollow and unfriend people now. Yeah. Like, I had this guy on my f Facebook, and uh, I just assumed he's a really good person because of no I, where I know him from. Mm -hmm. And then he shared this, like, super hateful letter and it was like a, a letter to Greta Lundberg. Do you know who that is? Yeah. I didn't know who that was until I clicked oh, on okay. it. Then I looked up who she was. Then I started reading the letter and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I was so angry. And I had to put up with that in school. You know, I was with in groups with older people who thought millennials were just like lazy and entitled yeah. and spoiled. And then it was really awesome. The professor actually like showed us all this data on how the baby boomers, mm -hmm. the generation prior to them, said the exact same of thing course. about them that they're saying about us. Every generation said that about the generation after. So yeah, so this yeah. guy, this letter, it was like, you guys are like leeches off society. You're too. He said, you cry when you eat meat, and you can't work a forty-hour work week. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm taking that one personally. Yeah, Veganism. I. I've definitely. So I, just him. I I will definitely unfollow. Like I have a, a few Facebook friends that are friends enough that when I see them around, I'm happy to hang out with them and we go for coffee and dinner or whatever. And so we're close enough that I don't want to unfriend them, but I'll happily unfollow them because I yeah. still want to see what they're talking about. Yeah. But also I don't want to necessarily just surround myself in my own little like microcosm bubble of like-minded people. I like having some detractors around, which I think you need to get to a point, like for anyone, anyone needs to get to a point of being really confident in, the, in their in themselves to be able to be to have some of that around them but I yeah. don't mind that and I'm happy to engage with it as you know and so I won't yeah I, I unfriend or unfollow a lot less than I used to because I like keeping them around and then also hope to engage in a productive dialogue at some point and maybe yeah. be somewhat of an influence on their life so so you've done that for me and the thing is that's different about you and a couple of close friends like Mandy comes to mind even like staff that mm -hmm. I have, my business partner, you can have a conversation where you disagree respectfully. Right. And you actually listen to the other person's point of view. And I always talk about if you're really listening, you're listening with the possibility of having your yeah, mind changed. Absolutely. And uh, if, if you've got friends who disagree with you, which a lot of my really intelligent, successful friends do. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I have no problem listening because they're so kind, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. So when they, when it's coming across in an unkind, intolerant, even not, I don't think it's ever intentionally hateful, but in a pretty unkind <laughs> way, yeah, I don't have as much patience for that. Yeah. If we just straight up disagree, I'm not going to cut you out of my, what I see when I log into the internet just because we disagree. Because I don't want to be in my little bubble of like-minded people with no other challenging thought. But. I swear you read these notes. <laughs> So my, my next point was, earlier. surround yourself with people who hold you to happy standards. And you're okay. like, bubble, microcosm. So not just like Pollyannish 
eternally optimistic people because I don't mm-hmm. think my closest friends would call themselves that but people who notice if you're in your head or people who notice if you don't seem as confident or as happy as normal like right my husband's such a good example like the instant he feels like I'm not like a 10 out of 10 or we're not connected he's like what's going on connect with me <laughs> so he's happening? like really good for my awareness and you've done it before too you're like what's going on yeah it's just like people you're who are down. like yeah, yeah. And then that just helps you realize, like, oh, I think I'm thinking about the wrong thing. I should be thinking about this other thing. Something that makes me feel good. Or reading your testimonials or your reviews. Yeah, that's a good way to get the confidence back out. And the one thing, too, I think, if you can understand that whole, like, people think, like, so if I'm, like, mad at you or I'm hating on you or writing something about you, like, you did this, which made me so mad. There's, like, a, a step in there that everyone misses, you know? It's, like you did this and then I made up a story in my mind very quickly about what that means and then I got mad. Yes. So what you did has no bearing on my feelings. No. I made something up quickly and I think that takes people a while to get but like when you do that you can sort of slow things down and be like oh. That's I've always described as you take the the phrase is you take offense because people take offense way more than they're given offense. <laughs> like you don't give offense. You didn't say anything that was meant to be giving them offense, but people take offense from things, and that's yeah. it's often not never intended. They take offense from something that was never intended to be offensive. Yeah, I think also to like remind also to also, also to as uh, well remembering all those famous <laughs> In people. <addition>. Yes. <laughs> Remembering all those famous people who were like, I failed so many times. Like mm-hmm. the KFC guy comes to mind, Michael Jordan. <laughs> KFC what guy. What is his name? Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders. Um, I just watched The Water Boy yesterday, and that has that, <laughs> that teacher that looks like Colonel Sanders. Oh, dear. <laughs> also, win or learn. I love that. Win or learn. Like, yeah, yeah. Like if you yeah, have absolutely. somebody upset, like, and even sometimes, especially for me in the coaching business, if you choose to take on a client and you kind of had a bad feeling in the intake and you're like, they're kind of negative, you know, like, I don't, I don't, Mm -hmm. and then you do it anyways, and then six months later, they turn out to be real, exactly what you thought they might be, yeah, then you just have to be like, okay, how do I make sure this never happens again, and then, uh, don't ask people for their feedback if it doesn't matter, so, like, everyone on the internet, except (laughs) for the people that you, that you want to do business with, and that you care about, yeah, now you're teaching the rest of the course, Well, okay, so the meanies and the jerks, I'm fine with just disregarding entirely. And if those tricks help, like um, reading some of that good feedback. paradigm shifts. Yeah. Tips, tricks. (laughs) Doesn't that make them sound more accessible? Actionable, I can I can take action on a tip more than I can choose to have a fundamental shift. (laughs) So those those are obviously going to help if you still, if people still struggle with that. If they're taking offense and feeling, letting something really spoil their day. And I know, I forget what the math is, how many seconds we have in a day, but it's kind of, however many thousands it is, like 60,000 or whatever it is, there's a saying or a meme probably, or someone has said it, where if you thought of a bank account balance like $60,000, no, seconds in a day, that wouldn't be. 60 seconds times times 60 minutes times 24 hours. Yeah, so 86,400 seconds in a day. I hope that's right. So if someone takes, you know, 15, say 45 seconds of your day insulting you and making you feel crappy, if you think of that in money terms, you have $86,400 and you lose 50 bucks, Mm. do you just like throw the rest away because 
<laughs> because that's been ruined. And it's all about, if you do that with your seconds, you're like, no, I have this many more seconds in a day. Am I going to let that taint everything else that I have to spend today in time? Like, am I going to let that ruin all those other seconds I have today? Those are all very, for logical thinking people, I don't think that helps when you emotionally react to think to something. It's hard to step back and be like, okay, I'm not going to let this affect me. Yeah, but when I was talking about the people telling a story and then getting upset, I was talking about the haters. Mm-hmm. But now I realize that I do that, which makes me upset. Okay. So, like, if somebody said something, and then I got upset, mm-hmm. so obviously mm-hmm. that millennial thing, him sharing that did not make me upset. Whatever I thought about him sharing that made me upset. Right. So Disappointment in them. and Just, like, maybe things said about me, or, like, yeah. <laughs> I am right. vegan, I don't eat meat, right. I do cry when I, yeah, when the <laughs> meat bleeds. But I think... Uh, I, I was thinking about it this morning. Like, I was trying to think, when was the last time I, like, really shifted a belief that I had? And this will seem like a super flaky example, but it was a good one for me. Like, pretty much my whole life till a couple years ago, I refused to drink calories. Like, when okay. I was, like, 12 and I learned about, if you eat more calories than you burn, you're going to get fat. I'm like, oh, no. So then someone told me that I should never drink calories, so I never did. It was, like, Diet Coke, all the bad things for mm-hmm. you, right? But no calories. And then the last couple of years, I started putting, like, fat in my coffee and I'm like the happiest person alive <laughs> like 400 calorie coffees and it's like so delicious calories. and it makes you fall yeah. and you get skinnier so that was like a big shift for me okay but I like you have to do that you have to like find ways to do that if you feel hurt by other people's stuff okay the meanies right but we want to talk about actual people who like okay. have legitimate complaints so well not legitimate complaints just having people who just disagree with you Okay. I mean, they're legitimate or they're illegitimate, but it's not, they're not done out of just them being a jerk. They're done out of their own passion for their own beliefs or something like that. So I think, um, I, maybe I'll just go to the examples because then you understand better what I'm thinking. So like Lush that makes natural cosmetics and bath products. They're all, they're vegan. They're not tested on animals. They're handcrafted, all that stuff. Um, they caught a bunch of PR controversy because they spoke out very publicly against like pipelines, against oil um, tankers in the BC coast and the waters and even got really involved in collecting signatures against it and everything. So they were very public about their beliefs and that they are opposed to oil, um, the oil industry. Is that currently owned? I'm not certain about that actually. Sorry, I'll just look it up later. I I think they're private, but... um, Anyway, so there was, like, we're here in Alberta, so there was a very large and loud call to boycott them, and that would be an example of someone showing their beliefs and their values in their company, which, as our economy um, evolves, that's becoming more and more important. Like, consumers want to buy from companies who stand for something that they identify with, right? Yeah, and you've told me that before. Yeah. But it took a very... uh, loud message from my coach actually okay she's like you can't be such a fence sitter pick a side that's right and lush is privately owned you're right yeah so that would be one example where it's not like the people who are very opposed to that they're not just they're not jerks they're not just angry for the sake of being yeah, angry yeah, you're right. they're people who have a position that's different than yours and so they now no longer like your company i'm talking about that kind of haters the other example is nike with their big um copernic ad where the the football player 
who took a knee during the national anthem in the states and then they made him like a very public figure in all their advertising because that is something that they reflect they wanted their values to align with and so that became a very big thing and again everyone gets riled up let's boycott nike all this stuff so in both cases and nike is public so it's much more um obvious and public information but their stock went up like over seven percent that day when that ad came out and that was in the week that was like one of the worst in in um the markets in the, in the markets for that period so yeah. a, in a falling week everyone else was going down seven percent nike went up seven they um increased all of their revenue beyond what their goals were they had increased total revenue by ten percent that quarter um, and so it's all of this stuff where people are like, well, you wouldn't want to upset people, but it is just fact that consumers are more motivated to, um, to support something that they agree with than they are to boycott something they disagree with. So if you have a, someone who's the fence sitter and everyone's just like meh about them, <laughs> and then they take a stand, you're going to divide all the meh <laughs> into people who love them or hate them. And, yeah, the, and the net gain is there is a net gain it's not like it balances out people who love that will support you more than the people who hate that will not support you that's pr- that's like data based yeah it is that's good so actually know. there's a quote from um from phil knight the founder of nike and it was uh, in an article i was reading so i keep looking at this copernic thing like i always use that as an example of this because i think it's so interesting that they were taking such a controversial stance and willing to risk it but he says it doesn't matter how many people hate your brand as long as enough people love it but that means enough people have to love it not like it not be it's okay they have to love it which means you have to do something that shows the values that positions you in a way where people can love it because if you're just providing a great product for a good price and that's all that there is to your company no one's going to love you for that you need to do more than that so My stance is if you don't have haters, it's because you're not being noticed. If you don't have haters, you're doing something wrong, honestly, or you're, or you're just not big enough yet. If you're small, you don't have a big enough audience yet, then maybe you don't have haters. But if you're starting to you know, get some momentum and your business is starting to scale, if you don't have haters yet, then I honestly think you're doing something wrong. It's an, it's an essential piece, not that you're looking for them, but if you're going to be in business, it's like being in politics, it's going to happen. And if you don't have them, uh, I think you're, you, you're missing something. So that's me. Okay. And uh, this uh, was not meant to be like a counseling session for well, me, let's... but thank you for bringing this up. Uh, I have always been like super conflict averse. Like I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it when people yell at each other. I hate it when people raise their voices. I hate it when people hurt each other's feelings. Yeah. I hate it when people are mad. I hate it when people are sad. I want everyone to be happy. And so that uh, fence sitting, as Kim calls yep. it, yeah, it hasn't generated a lot of passionate like right. brand fanatics like at all because I do kind of stay. like I would never comment on a political argument, but that's mm-hmm. not because... I don't want anyone to know my views, quite honestly. I don't feel like I can possibly have enough yeah, information to... That, you don't have to take thing. a stance in every arena. But there's things like that millennial thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I could have shared my opinion eloquently, maybe waited a few hours before I typed it, <laughs> make a draft, um, and stood up for what I believe. And I now that I say that, I really should. But then I started to feel like, okay, am I just disagreeing for the point of getting more attention? Because like, mm-hmm. that would be wrong, too. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah, because there's a lot of... Um, what do you call it it's it's like 
<laughs> greenwashing is what they call it if you do it when it's about e ecological issues. It's like, well, we're, it's like, I don't, I don't know if that's a great example, but A&W using like paper straws and it like can kind of be greenwashing, greenwashing when it's like, well, you put the paper straw through a plastic lid and it's like, obviously you're just doing it to be visible as doing something yeah. and not necessarily because you truly, truly want to make a difference. You know maybe A&W is not, maybe they're not a good example because I think they do try, they do genuinely try to be industry leaders and trying to do things a little bit different. Um, I think Nike, because there's enough examples that it shows that that is what they value. And, and because it wasn't a safe bet. Like, I think it's a pretty safe bet now that if you want to do something eco-friendly and you tell your clients, like, sorry, no more paper. We're trying to go paperless in the office. It's better for the environment. No one's going to be like, Kelly Ray, I'm going to go somewhere else. Like, no one's going to be upset about that. No. But if you outright came out and were like, was supporting something very controversial. You're like, well, I'm now, you want to like take a stance on abortion or something all of a sudden. It's like, not doing like, that. Right? Like that's, that's going to cause oh. friction. And I don't What's think. next religion? <laughs> there's not many, <laughs> there's not many people who are going to, that's not a safe one. It's not one you're going to do just to be seen as better. And I think Nike, they took one that, it was probably pretty measured. They're like, no, this is going to come out better in That's our favor. Figured, yeah. But it, there's still a lot of backlash that they set themselves up for that it, it's not necessarily just the safe, like, sort of greenwashing. It's so much easier for Nike, though. Some smart advertising exec comes in and is like, look at this data. 80% mm -hmm. of people will support us if we support Take a Knee. <laughs> and then they're like the, the hero, but it's not their face out there. It's Nike. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot different than I think a personal brand taking a stand on some things. Like I'm, yeah. I, I do agree that enough smart people that I trust in my life have told me I need to be more, I need to share my opinions more, right. whether they're controversial or not, because you're not going to, you're not going to attract your people unless they know what you really believe. Yeah. You know, I can't stay so, um, like Canadian or <laughs> I was actually not born here. So that's pretty funny, but like Switzerland, you know, like I'm Switzerland. People say right. that all the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's a lot different for a personal brand. Yeah. Cause it's like, I hate you. You're a horrible person, right. as opposed to like your company is evil. Yeah, I, but I don't know if it is. I mean, when you're looking at a brand that big, how much more is at stake? Like, if you're thinking worst case yeah. scenarios of different things, if it's a personal brand, it's like, oh, that's gonna take a hit, and I have to rebuild a reputation or something like that. If we talk about these corporations, we're talking about billions of dollars and thousands of jobs, and and I'm sure the CEO and the marketing director and everyone else are not real excited about losing their six-figure salaries and everything, you know, the things that they're collecting or maybe seven-figure salaries say, for some of them. But, um, yeah, I, I would say there's a lot at risk there. And we have examples, and I should have came prepared some, so I won't be able to think of them off in my head, but there would be examples where people have done that and it didn't go the right way, and you can see, you know, how quickly people get removed from their positions when that yeah, happens yeah, for too. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think all of this really, really comes down to confidence. Like if you are a hundred percent confident in yourself, um, it's pretty unlikely that you get too upset about any of this stuff. If you're really, really certain in like who you are and what you know and what you believe in the position you've decided to put, to, to choose for yourself. Um, I think when you have that kind of confidence that someone else's feedback isn't really going to shake you very much. Cause I think that's where that where that negative feeling comes from is when someone else says something and you start questioning yourself. You're like, oh, I wonder if what they're saying is correct. 
Because if, if you're super confident and you know that what they're saying is incorrect, then it doesn't, you're just like, whatever, have a nice day, see ya. I guess and I'm so, like, where's the line? Because if I'm super confident and I'm like, like being a vegan, that's one thing. I never hey. talk about it. And when people are like, oh, you're a vegan, like what's wrong with you? I'm always like, do your thing, eat whatever you want. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to eat it. And uh, I don't want to be anymore. Of a, like there, I was in this group, like a vegan group, because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, recipes and things. But then they're like, we're organizing a protest at the pig plant. <laughs> and I was like, unfollow or like leave group. I'm like, that's not my style, right. you know? But like, so where's the line where if I'm so confident in what I believe, like if I believe everyone should be a vegan, which I don't, I just right. want to be a vegan because I right. think it's gross. Or I believe that everyone should be nicer like me and share less of their opinions and i'm like so stuck in that but then you say this to me then i wouldn't be open to being like oh i think you're i think you're right considering other opinions yeah yeah so i mean if if i've taken a position or something or i've come to some level of knowledge for myself i know whose opinions i would respect if they disagreed with mine and i would I'm definitely always willing to change my position where I'd be like, okay, that's really interesting. I'm going to consider that. Rather than your self-image. Right. Okay, got it. Um, but it's also really important to 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 know which things you're very confident in and to like kind of s- really stay in those. Like we were talking recently about another show I was recently on and it kept coming up about how, and I was kind of like a realization for me that other people perceive me as like very confident and that I just come across that way and maybe I didn't have that clear of a realization about that as far as how people perceive me but we talked about a lot about how like you know why are you so confident that you know you're going to accomplish this or that you know that you do this well or whatever and it's but it's the way I explained it is I am really confident in like a really narrow range of things and those are what I talk about I talk about organic social media marketing a lot and that's what I and I I do a lot more than that in marketing but I know that I am not the industry leader best at these other little you know email copywriting or whatever like different areas of marketing and so you're not going to hear me speak to them much unless it's to like entry level small business owner like let's help you guys get some tips to do this better but I'm not out there making videos and being public and writing blogs about those so when I come across confident it's because I'm speaking to a topic that is within the range of things that I am very confident about and I'm not going to be so public about things I'm not as confident about. So I think it's really about knowing what you're really confident in and just making that part quite public. And then when people, when those haters do pop up and they start critiquing it, um, it's pretty easy to shrug it off because you're going to consider it for a second, and if it's way off the mark, you're like, nope, you're wrong, <laughs> and off it goes. And if they have something intelligent to say that is thought-provoking, you're like, oh, maybe you're onto something. Let me think about that more, and then you can develop yourself better. So it's, I think it's all about confidence, but, um, yeah, if you're going to speak to something very publicly that you're not super confident about, then, yeah, those haters are really going to shake you because you know you're not super confident in what you were saying. I don't think I would ever talk about anything I wasn't super confident in, but I, I'm so... I stick to business because I'm like, mm-hmm. I know this works. I know it works every time with every person in every business. Yeah. But it's more like the personal opinions on things. Do you know what right. I mean? And I also don't want to, now that, especially publicly, like I feel like I'm probably, I do feel like I'm super authentic. Like I don't think before I talk most of the time. I share everything that's in my head. We have a very transparent business models, you know, mm-hmm. like people, I feel like it's easy to get to know me. Yeah. I don't know. I hope that you think that I as think my so. friend. 
Um, but even people who watch me, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I've ever tried to be someone I'm not. And I kind of feel like if I'm going to go out there and start being like, well, the millennial thing, I think I could start there actually, because I'm not impressed with that letter. Um, okay. But I feel like, do you, like, wouldn't that come across as, I was going to say inauthentic, because I'm such a, I like to avoid conflict, but now that I say that out loud, I realize it's more authentic. Because instead of me just deleting that guy, I would be like, seriously? Mm-hmm. You know, like, talk about it. Yeah, and then there's the whole, like, but if it, you were... it doesn't mean, doesn't have to mean confrontation. Like, like our company, probably one of, or maybe there's, like, two things that we're most public about that's issues-based that's and values that has nothing to do with marketing, which is, like, LGBTQ rights. We're very public about. My first employee is a trans woman. We had the trans flag painted on our office windows starting in Pride Month, but they stayed up for like three or four months before we finally that. took it down. So that's big. We, like during um, Pride Week, we had like a sidewalk sale with like rainbow cupcakes in front of our office and stuff. So that's a big one. Very public about it. Um, and then. Pil- like publicly, I think it's pr- like most people are pretty aware that we're like a pretty left-leaning group of people, and we've supported literally this well last year, 2019, across a provincial and a federal election. We supported um, all three parties that are on the left side of the spectrum at some point during the year, um, and I think people are pretty aware of that. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> well, I was saying it might be inauthentic if I started, and then I was like, no, right. no, it's more yes. authentic. So it's not about controversy. Like, it's not confronting someone. I'm not, like, jumping out and be like, no, you're wrong. It's just, it's just sharing your beliefs or your values or whatever it is out there in a way that it's public. It's not about confronting people or trying to change anyone's mind. It's just, it's just making your opinions and values known uh, publicly without directing them at anyone Specifically, a hater yourself. Right. So yeah. instead of like, no, you're wrong about millennials, it's just like posting something the next day that's just like, man, I love my employee. You know, there's something I really value in that millennial generation. They do this and that. it's just like we're millennials. Setting, we are. And so is your employee, oh, okay. right? I was like, <laughs> we're in there too. Yeah, they all are. Um, and so it's just in a way that where you can start sharing positive messages about that rather yeah, than like, like directly that. responding to someone else's. Yeah, yeah I like that. I think also something that's really, really important in this piece, is, and, and this is something Nike would have done very, very well, is you have to know your audience. Because um, if you know your audience well and you know that they align with you, then you don't care about your haters because they're not your ideal customer, right? Yeah. And so this is something Nike would have done well. They're like, our ideal customer is someone who's more progress- progressive, who's very tolerant, who's like definitely not racist and like all of that stuff is what was in that conversation when the Copernic ad came out and so um, they know who their ideal customer is and the type of customer that they want to be I mean everyone who wears Nike becomes like a brand ambassador because it's all over what you wear when you go out there so they they want the right person wearing that right yeah the person they want to so they're gonna know that that's the type of customer they want so when people who are not that get all upset about them they're like I don't care. You're not my customer. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't bother you at all. And so, I mean, we're still small enough. It's not like we only work with people who align with all of our values. Um, But I mean, if people won't work with us because of those values, and that definitely happens. And I've, I mean, not just um, times that I suspect it may have, but times when I outright know that it is, 
I'm just like, cool, I'm sure we would have butt heads on something if that was that important to you that we can't work together, then I'm sure we would have found reasons we wouldn't have worked well together anyways. So, and it doesn't really bother me at all. But that's really, really knowing the kind of people you want to work with. And then when uh, yeah. when the that per the other type of person shows that they dislike you, then it's, it's not really something that's going to bother you too much. Yeah, I think that with the price video I did on LinkedIn a while ago, like I really believe in creating so much value for the customer and having a high-end brand and being the best mm -hmm. and charging accordingly. And that's something that actually people really kind of attacked me on. And, and I, I actually was able in that situation to be like, clearly you're not a good client. Like clearly right. we wouldn't be good together because if you actually believe mm -hmm. that you should be the cheapest in town, you're already bankrupt. <laughs> like in my mind, that's not a good strategy, but mm -hmm. I actually never even thought about those comments. So yeah, I can see what you right, mean about exactly. the whole confident thing. So I'm like, no, I know, I know you're wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like I've said this jokingly, like to my wife and a few other times, where there's certain things in marketing, especially like organic social, where I'm very, very confident that we provide service that's as that's world class, that's as good as there is out there. That even someone that you know that I respect as much as Gary Vee, if he came to me and was saw a campaign and was like, Lane, what are you doing? This is garbage. I'd be like, Gary Vee, you're wrong. <laughs> like that's how confident I am. But in a very narrow section of things that I do, um, that I'm very confident that that it doesn't really matter who even the person I respect more than anything in that field, if they were to even be a detractor, I'd be like, I mean, obviously I'm going to step back and think about it, but I'm going to be pretty certain, like, I, unless you got something I haven't thought of, I'm pretty sure that I know what I'm talking about in this one little, little area. So yeah, that obviously, like you said, I, oh, I didn't even think of those comments. Well, yeah, because you were pretty confident you knew what you're talking about. And if they, um, were making some counterpoint, you knew that they were not the type of client you would want to talk to anyway, so and it doesn't even, yeah, it doesn't even bother you. <laughs> yeah, that's how sure I am, but that's, yeah, I guess it would be irresponsible too not to talk a little bit about the negative reviews and stuff. Sure. Um, so I think we both agree on this, but correct me if I'm wrong. I've always said like respond for sure when somebody gives you a negative review, yeah. apologize and show that you want to take ownership of it, like fix it. Mm -hmm. um, and then don't get into a fight on there. Like no. uh, in Hug Your Hater summary that I was telling you about, they talk about one response. Right. Like you put your response out there and then you leave it. Mm -hmm. And uh, also if people message you privately, Hug Your Haters, how do you say his last name? Jay Bauer? Bayer? Uh, Bayer, yeah, Jay Bayer. So I think that's gonna be a really good book. It just arrived today, so I had to watch the YouTube summary instead of reading the whole thing before the podcast. But they were talking about two different types of haters, and I can't even believe they call them haters now that we talked about the haters that we think are haters. Right. They said if they message you privately and they have a complaint, they really just are interested in having it solved. They're not interested in like making you look wrong or having an audience. Yeah. So those people should get your very first like prioritization, like your attention first, like yeah. fix that for them. Because they just want it solved. What else did we talk about with that book? There's the ones that say it because they want it. They want to be seen, or they want to make a scene, right? There's yeah, those you know types what? of reviews. I think this is some. This is something I learned at Aveda Canada when I was with them. And uh, at first, like I didn't get it because I was in the position where I had to basically like bow down to this person who was obviously taking advantage of our policy and stuff. But now I I preach this to all my clients, like without a doubt. 1% of people, maybe even less, somebody one day is going to take advantage of you if you live by the policy that the customer is always right. Right. But 
the huge benefit that you get mm -hmm. from reacting to customers in that way, from treating people that way, from trying to do whatever you can to make sure people are happy with your business, the benefit of that far outweighs the $800 we had to give this one lady so she would right. finally go away. Actually, she didn't go away. I had to very politely tell her that we, I don't think we could help her <laughs> achieve her okay. blonde hair lightning needs. Okay. Funny story later, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, and you talked about a little bit about having a few people that you, that, um, that you do trust their opinions. And I think I had that written down too, how important that is, that you deeply trust the opinions of a few people and you can basically disregard the rest. <laughs> it's just not worth sorting through, okay, who out of these people do I want to pay attention to who I don't? I mean, I have, I have like a small section of people who, that I would really look up to and people who at least know me well enough that I'm also going to know that their feedback is well informed enough that it's useful and relevant and has enough context and everything. So there's like a small group of people whose opinion would mean a lot. And so it wouldn't really matter this whole, just the general consensus. If there was feed, um, haters among that group, it doesn't so much matter because I have this small group that when I talk to them, they're just like so reassuring about, oh yeah, no, you're doing this right. I love this. And that doesn't mean they're always just agreeing and patting you on the back. Sometimes they have criticisms too, but when they say it, you know how well-meaning it is and then you can just take it on board and consider it and adopt it or not. Um, yeah. I think it's just only in the last couple of years that I've started making really deep, strong friendships with people who we totally disagree on some things, mm -hmm. like important things, but I can totally lovingly coexist in a relationship with them. And it and it's not just the people you're closest to either, necessarily. No. Like it's not necessarily your spouse or your mom or your dad or whatever. Like it doesn't it's have to be. No, that's not. No, that's not what I mean. But and I mean, you and Mandy. right? Um, but I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put like my parents into that position where I'm like, I really, really matter or it doesn't, I mean, obviously I, I want to have a good relationship with them, but when I'm thinking about what I want to do with my business and where I'm going career wise, their feedback is not in that group of like, I deeply want to hear what their opinion is about it. Yeah, I think I was- Sorry, mom and dad. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is live. No, but, um, but, but the funny thing is some of the people who are in that camp might not feel like we have a very strong relationship at all. Like we just have a, a mutual like professional relationship, but we just have a good understanding of where each other is going. And they might not think that they would be in that group at all. We're not actually that close, but it's someone who I would just look up to. That's that the secret mentor that doesn't know they're a mentor that we talked about in our mentorship episode, like those type of people, right? You might not even have direct conversations about this, but it's someone whose opinion you would respect greatly. Um, and so just look to those people for your feedback rather than the random <laughs> reviews. My friend Neil, he's my trainer. Mm -hmm. He is a carnivore. He only eats meat. Yeah, I saw like him. only. And he, he like, just keeps telling a, me I need to switch to being a carnivore. He and just like, became a customer of our client because oh, awesome. he is feeding his dog a very carnivore diet. Yes. Oh, so yeah, that's gross. But like, it's, it's, it's almost funny. Like he's, he talks almost the whole hour that we trained three times a week about how I need to start eating meat, even though I haven't <laughs> eaten it since I was a kid. And he thinks he's going to convert And I'm you. like, Neil, do you really think I'm going to change? And he's like, yeah. I was like, okay, Just like whatever preaching. makes you happy, you yeah. know? But, um, the other thing I wanted to say really quick about people whose opinions matter, like your opinion really matters to me on certain topics. Mm -hmm. Neil's opinion really matters to me on certain topics. My husband's does. My mentors, they all have like their own sort of area where I think I really care about your opinion in this area. Right. Like our parents are a really good example. 
my parents would never pretend to tell me how to run a coaching business. Right. You know, but there's certain other things where I really yeah. value their opinion, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm way nicer to my mom and dad than you are. But <laughs> I'm you're more nice. controversial you than about? me. <laughs> it's just me fence sitting again. Yes. They're not yes. going to watch this anyways. That's what I wanted to ask. So... <laughs> <laughs> So I know there's so a fence sitting. Thing. I don't know how I feel about that. So we decided Image. that on this podcast we're not gonna swear. Did I swear? No. Oh, I did once. No, I did once last episode. I swore it's once on the too. Video. If you, we if both you go did. to YouTube, you'll see it on there because it's not edited. I'm not sure if Laura took it out of the audio version, but but I mean that to me is an example. That doesn't mean like we should be swearing and we need to make that position. But if we ever come into those decisions. Um, and we make those de decisions by figuring out which way offends the least amount of people. That is not the way to make those decisions, yeah. right? It's not, you know, make that decision based on, well, what's going to please everyone. That's not the way to no. make those decisions. I wanted to do that because if I swear, I feel dirty after. Okay. Like, I don't feel professional. I don't yeah. feel proud of myself. I just, like... You know, if you're, I don't know if you get this, but especially being a woman, I think that it's kind of, it's kind of been taught that we should be like kind and caring and sure. nurturing. So <laughs> when I like lose it, okay. well, I kind of look dainty when you lean forward. In yeah, this I video. need to take up more space in the frame dainty. here. Never felt dainty before, but um, like I've, I can think back where like I was really upset at a person I, and I like called them a name or like swore, and immediately after it was almost like I was a little kid. I could feel my face getting red. Right. Like I don't feel good when I swear. Yeah. So. Absolutely, that was a decision. So that that's from based end. on your authenticity, right? So yeah. it's not that I well I, I'm gonna hide that and pretend that I don't um, because I actually swear like a sailor as soon as we turn the podcast <laughs> off or anything like that. <laughs> but if that's how people make their decisions based on well I don't I don't want to offend anyone or I want to take the path of the least resistance or whatever that is not the way to make those decisions. You have to be I think. The biggest thing is you have to, in business, put your values out there. You have to be public. And that doesn't mean everything. You don't have to take a stance on everything. Like you said, I don't want to weigh on, weigh in on a political argument no. because you don't feel like you're well-researched in the political debate. So that's fine. You don't have and to. And I have people who I love very much on both sides of almost yeah. every argument. And I like really disagree with a lot of them. And I just because they're being mean, mm -hmm. not because of... What like, if they respectfully opposed. took one position yeah. and then somebody else took another position, I would be able to be like, oh, I see your points. Yeah. But there's just so much anger and hate behind some of those political opinions that I mm -hmm. just, I don't like So it's it. not about making sure you take a stance on every issue that's made public. You don't need to do that, but you do need to have something about you that people can identify with. They're, they're like, yes, I agree with you on this. I want to support you above your competitors because you're someone who shares the same values I do. That's becoming more and more and more important. And if any businesses are like, well, that doesn't apply to my industry or my business, or I don't think that's safe for me to do, someone in your competitors will, and they're gonna take away those fence-sitting customers that you have, and they're gonna take them because now they have, they're gonna, go support a business that they love instead of supporting yours, which they currently are just meh about. Is that attitude talk trigger? I'm like three quarters through the book. And that's, isn't that one of the talk trigger types is an attitude? Cause I keep thinking about Chelsea and Bloom Diggity. Mm -hmm. Cause they remind me a lot about like yeah. when you were talking about your values, like, and they're, they like all oh, this new campaign they're doing about giving. It's like amazing. But everything Chelsea writes, every word she writes, her whole website, like all social media, it's Chelsea. It's so her, Like yeah. it's so good. And I think that that's, I hope she reads that book soon. You can borrow it if you want, Chelsea. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think 
the attitude. The other, you know what I really have to mention too, because I really do think in almost every situation where I've been witness to or the brunt of millennial insults, mm -hmm. I have stood up because Good. it is such BS. <laughs> I almost swore. But this is how passionate you are about is. this topic. It really is. So, okay. you know, and I, I think I talked about it a bit at the leadership seminar a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I, I, I fought with one of my mentors about it mm -hmm. and I fought with the people in my MBA group about it. And so not like in a mean way, but like, no, it does like, round yeah. up. And uh, I think that I can, I think that if I just, I do want to be more, I want to stand up for what I believe in more. And I, and I get now through this conversation, which is really cool, free counseling, that that will be authentic, not inauthentic. I was yeah. thinking before, like Tony Robbins, like saying the F word all the time and stuff. When he started doing right. that, I was just like, dude, and I know they're doing it for like attention and controversy and drumming things up. And I'm just like, I don't want to be like that. Right. But yeah, this millennial thing, I really... It really upsets me that people think that millennials are any the second, of those things. The second you do any of this, and it could, and it can be perceived as you doing it for a self-serving reason, and that it was very um, crafted that you yeah. took that stance, it will backfire the totally. other direction 100% yeah. more. Trying to act authentic. Yeah, yeah. so you, you have to just really get behind the ones you truly believe in. Um, that was one of my big concerns when, like, in our first year of business and pride month came up the first time and i'm like do we change our logo to like our logo with the flag behind it like everyone else does because i think there's a number of businesses i didn't even notice that yeah and a lot that. of businesses do right They'll oh, change on facebook, their, yeah something oh, okay. like that they'll put like the flag. Like real logo i was like wow that's good yeah no but just making it that public um, little logo change or profile picture change and I don't I don't think there's a many out there but there's probably a few businesses who are like well it's what everyone is doing it's pride month you have to be seen that you're supporting it and I never wanted to be someone who's like the LGBT version is, is rainbow washing I don't want to be like rainbow washing our business <laughs> where you're just like trying to look like it for your own gain like well yeah. hey over here we support you and yeah. I was like really really worried about that but because I work directly with a lot of LGBT people not just in employees but other people I know around the community they're like don't worry we know you you truly are an ally to our community no one's gonna accuse you of rainbow washing like you can publicly say I stand with these people and no one's you are you know we give you the title of ally you're not someone who's just uh, stolen it for yourself so yeah but that's that is a concern is um it, it better be authentic because if it's ever perceived not to be it will go the other way and it should and it and should I go love, the other way You're i right. love like i always say marketing is just authentically sharing who you are right mm -hmm. and i love that globalization transparency like everything it's forcing people to be real or get lost like you don't you can't stay in business if you're fake or yeah. inauthentic or you can't at least grow well, a strong brand. yeah i don't think you can be in great business i think there's lots of i don't think it's terribly terribly hard to have a okay business and make a living and be fine if you want to be in business that's yeah. fine you'll you can do that that's fine but we're not talking to those people we're no. in people we're talking to people who, who want to do great things yeah, yeah. And, and i don't think it's possibly extraordinary without doing this no i agree My quick tip is about the reviews because you're going to get negative reviews and that's and there's been a number of businesses that I've I don't know many that I've talked to directly but just kind of heard 
businesses talking about how they are scared of reviews because of the negative ones, or they might even turn off reviews because <laughs> they don't want the negative ones. But like we, I said early on in this, if you don't have haters, it's because you're not being noticed. Um, and so you're going to get them. Like it's not something to be scared of. It means you're doing something right. So with reviews, don't turn them off. Let the bad reviews come in. And I appreciate the bad reviews on my client accounts when I manage the reviews. I am glad for the negative ones more than the positive ones. I mean, it'd be a concern if there was like 50-50 because I'd be like, well, why is there so many negative? But it's more like there's one negative for every like eight positive. Yeah. So That's still high, isn't it? Well, I mean, if it's like a three out of five, that's oh, a okay. negative, right? And then a five out of five for everyone else. Um, but I appreciate that negative one more than the five out of fives because it is your opportunity to show everyone else who's reading those reviews how you respond. Because that's why you're responding. You're not even, I mean, you are responding to resolve it for that person who left the review. But what you're actually, like the reason you're actually leaving that response is for the other people who are going to come and read those reviews, right? And same with... Facebook comments, if someone says something hateful, like you could just directly message them and resolve it, but you leave a public response to that comment so yes. that people can see that and see how you responded and then you can resolve to the rest of it privately. But your response is more for other people to read than it is for that original person to read. So be grateful for the negative reviews and respond to them because it's your opportunity to show people how well you treat your detractors. Yeah, like I literally... I feel, oh no, it's not literally. I hate when people. <laughs> did you get my comments about literally sitting on your phone? Yes. That hurt my I feelings forgot. that you didn't respond. Yeah. I forgot to tell you. I was sitting on my phone, yeah. I always say that when you get a negative review, it's an opportunity to show who you are. My quick tip I don't like anymore, so I'm not going to use it, but I will tell <laughs> you, you what like not to anymore. do. No, okay. I, I think I've grown so much through this last hour that I don't want to show wow. this one. Really. Um, but so there was this, uh, I was doing this marketing course a long time ago, and there's examples of how not to respond to reviews. Okay. And it's like, I think it was a car service place. And car so, service, like, like uh, they serviced vehicles, like okay, yeah. oil changes, oil things like stuff. that. Okay. And so somebody complained, and then the person went on there, and they were just like, "Well, you were rude," and like, <laughs> just getting "You're into wrong." A yeah, and they just went back and forth, back and forth. Right. Like it was, don't do that. Like the one response thing, I think that's a very put everything in the one response. Mm -hmm. Give them contact information for you. Tell them you want to make it right. Apologize, but like one response. Mm -hmm. Don't get baited, because you're right. gonna look so bad. Yeah, and also I just realized me playing with my band-aid has been on camera this whole time, so sorry if that's okay. distracting for anyone. <laughs> well, now that you've drawn like, attention to up. it, <laughs> no one noticed until mm. you said that. Okay, thanks for listening and watching episode yeah. 24 about handling haters and nixing negativity. Hope you enjoyed time. if you watched on YouTube, which you can find at bit.ly slash better business podcast. But if you watched it and enjoyed our new set that is a lot brighter than the old one and whiter, and we might even have room for guests it's once in a while. Hot. It's not as hot. Yeah. It's um, hot up there. And hopefully it sounded okay, but we'll get new the, the mics back next week. But yeah. thanks for watching and listening. Um, Follow us on YouTube. Watch us at 7.15 on Tuesdays, Mountain Time. Listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Better business or business can be better. Uh, I am Lane Anderson. You can find me on Instagram at the real Lane Anderson. Twitter still at Lane underscore Anderson. <laughs>
and on LinkedIn, Lane Anderson, look me up. I'm doing live vlogs, not live vlogs, daily vlogs. You can find me on most places except Twitter, Kelly Rachel Maggie, <laughs> GMH Business Coaching and Consulting. And I just want to take a really quick minute uh, to thank anyone who's watching now and anyone who's listening uh, on their podcast app because I know how busy we all are. And I know your time is more precious than anything. And so if you choose to spend an hour and... <laughs> no, not an hour. No, is three minutes, no. 57 minutes with us. Yeah. We, uh, we really appreciate if that. If they listen on 2x speed, it's only half an hour. <laughs> oh, I want to go listen <laughs> to that. We're chipmunk style. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay, see you next week.